Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast, and we have absolute carnage. Uh, I'm not quite sure how we're going to get through this podcast without probably crying or or just uh, giving up on Supercoach altogether, but I'm joined by Pistol. He's, he's trying to help me get through it, um, not very successfully so far. How are you, mate? I'm, I've been better. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if you're talking about the team-specific news or the, the buy-specific news. Everything, everything. <laughs> the, the, the whole pot, every ingredient. Oh, my gosh. Well, look, I guess we should start originally just we'll open straight up about the buys and what we know. Um, there's going to be, at the end of this month, um, 33 matches played across 19 days. So basically just round upon round, which is going to be interesting for Supercoach in terms of trades and if someone gets injured and not knowing time frames uh, when they occur, which is, yeah, basically you don't know when to pull the trigger and when not pull the trigger. There's going to have to be some sort of game change, um, I imagine, in Supercoach as well, whether that be... Um, so I guess it's it's also been announced that there'll be the Victorian teams that get the bye. So six Victorian clubs will get a bye within that period. And then the 10 other sides will get um, a bye at some stage before the end of the season. So the buys are coming. We don't know how they'll be spread if, you know, all six get them in the same week. I doubt that. I imagine it'll just be like two around. Or, you know, in that last week, if maybe they do a split round and, you know, I don't know. Maybe all ten teams get a buy. <laughs> that would be that would be hard for Supercoach JB. Nothing would JB. surprise me. <laughs> Nothing would surprise me. So, uh, I, I imagine we're going to go to a best eighteen scenario. Um, yeah. Just the precedent has been set for that at this point. Yeah, I mean it's slightly different because the precedent was like in the middle of a round and we didn't know it was coming. But with a rolling fixture, particularly. You know, we don't know what's happening in two weeks from now, and there's going to be a buy in two weeks from now. Like that's that's almost as late as you can get. Um, I think the best 18 is probably likely. The trade situation is going to be interesting. I mean, I guess if there's a best 18, you don't really need to, I guess, stress about. I'm, I'm talking as if I'm running Supercoach. You don't need to stress as much about people complaining about trades because, you know most people are not going to have four players from two teams. So they'll be able to field yep. a team every week. So you don't need to like give them extra trades. Um, but if they don't go to a best 18, then I think something like two trades every week for the rest of the season probably needs to come in. Just forget about that 30. I know it's kind of a little bit unfair to people who haven't max traded every week, but you know, it was un- kind of, you know, you can't please everybody. And I think that's the best of a bad scenario, but oh, I feel so bad um, for all the guys working out all these solutions. It's, it's going to be tough. Um, it's going to be chaotic. And you know what, JB? I think at the end of the day, the people that are you know studying Supercoach and listening to the podcast, I think it, it's going to be better for them because they're going to be more, I guess, prepared than people who literally just turn on their computer and they're like, uh-oh, there's a buy this week. <laughs> like, how am I going to get through this? Um, so I think the yeah. main thing is going to be like the two rounds in two hours or whatever it's going to... I'm not sure what the exact turnaround is going to be, but with the way that the games are being played, there's every chance we could see, and correct me if I'm totally wrong here, but um, we could see four, three, four games on a Saturday and you know the first two could be round eight and the next two could be round nine. Is that a possibility? It's There's games every single day. Like how do we how do we know that there's going to be perfect splits from day to day between round to round? Well, 
I just kind of assumed that it would end like on a Saturday night is the end of a round and Sunday Arvo is the beginning of a new round, but I guess maybe not. I never even considered that, JB. That is absolutely mad. I don't know so what like, will happen. Uh, with with fixturing, it could just be they're going to slap together whatever's easiest. That might mean that there's there's some sort of turnaround that, that could be a matter of hours and you know, people that aren't active on their super coach, I think a, a lot of casual people will probably lose interest. It's going to get probably difficult. Um, we're going to have to be in the podcast studio <laughs> like three times a week, oh. which is, it's it's good. We, we enjoy it, but it's going to be some tough moments for sure. Maybe um, we're they gonna just... try and help you people get through it, but... <laughs> yeah, maybe they just pick, you know, Sunday the Sunday is a round and then Sunday the Sunday is the next round and it's like... Whoever plays in there, sure. it's just, you know, tough luck. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is going to... Let's let's talk about this more on the Monday podcast when we've got a bit more information. I will say, I guess, overall, um, trading in players that play for Victorian Queensland-based clubs um, this week carries a tiny bit more risk just because they're going to get a buy in the short term and like if it's that round nine buy that's going to be killer obviously you know upgrading somebody after they've had that buy is always more beneficial because they don't have the buy so if you're thinking of doing an upgrade to a victorian club that's based in queensland um you know just <laughs> reconsider it a little bit i i actually was thinking of upgrading and, and getting Jaden short this week but now after thinking about it i'm like you know what i might just double downgrade like everybody else and not try and take advantage of this situation just because with extra money next week and more information I'll probably be able to make more or better decisions and hopefully those better decisions net me more points JB well call me crazy but I'm still going to go one up one down this week and I'll be trading in a Victorian hub player (laughs) I just I mean look we can strategize all we want but at the moment we don't know exactly what's going to happen and I don't want the the fear of a buy in the next two weeks to dictate my decision this week sort of thing. I'm not that sort of player. So um, I guess I'm probably running in a little less prepared than you. You seem to have thought it through a lot better than I have. But at the same time, I kind of want to watch Bailey Smith this week and, and not have him score 120 not in my team and, and then have to get him next week when I find out the buys in you know eight weeks' time. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of just playing things off as if it's kind of business as usual until I find out otherwise, but um, there's every chance I'm completely wrong and you're laughing at me next week for having <laughs> well, four Bulldogs players. I mean, what ha- like I, I, I was thinking most people plan to get Bailey Smith next week, which is totally great. You know, he's at a low price. He's clearly the value player of the round. And what if he gets a buy in round nine? Like, then we... Then we shouldn't get him. Like we'll let him rise Perfect. one week. I'll have him for two weeks. And yeah, then, and then he's and got to get these points I'll on get everyone him after the buy, and you know I'll be better off for it. It's just an insane situation that has a very real chance of occurring. So anyway, let's let's jump into the teams. I think um, we'll yes. probably go through them quite quickly because we want to catch the start of this game. Um, and the first game of the round, we've already had a late change. Uh, Noble is in JB for Mason Cox. Um, the weather played a part of that, um, I believe. So, you know, I guess those with Noble are not trading him anymore. So, good on you. Hopefully, he he plays well. And I, I can't really see him holding his spot, to be honest with you. Unless, like, Isaac Quainer just plays terribly. Um, I think, you know... I think Isaac Quainer would have to spontaneously combust in the middle of the pitch <laughs> for, 
for Noble to get his spot back. He he's been playing so like he just looks incredibly silky and ready to go. Yeah, look, he's he's such a talent. I, I'd be surprised um, if he lost his spot. Dugowie is in as is Dacos and Scharenberg and Will Kelly are out injured on the Geelong side. Jack Stephen is back and Jordan Clark is in. Out goes Mitch Duncan who is injured and Quentin Nichol is also injured as we expected. And, you know, we spoke about on the Monday podcast our thoughts of Sam Simpson, you know, 11-day break. Duncan will be fit um, in 11 days and who knows who else is coming back into that side. So Sam Simpson will need to perform to hold his spot. Can't just uh, float by. JB, do you want to take us through the Essendon versus Bulldogs game? Sure. So we got uh, incoming Mason Redmond and debuton Ned Cahill. Uh, going out is Dylan Shill with that suspension, and Marty Gleason has been managed. You don't see that a lot these days. For the Western Bulldogs, four changes for their Friday night match. That's Cody Waitman debuting for the Bulldogs. Hayden Crozier, Lockie Young, and Matty Suckling replace Josh Shackey. Lewis Butler, Riley West, and Toby McLean. What a fall from grace for Toby McLean, might I add. Um, but a couple of debutons kind of holds weight for our next week's plans. For those who are still doing what I'm doing and going one up, one down, it's good to know that we have a couple of players to be targeting next week whilst everyone else goes double up. So Waitman um, named in a forward pocket and uh, obviously the uh, the Essendon debuton named on the bench, I believe. So... Oh, he's not even half forward, half oh, forward flank. He's, Close he's enough. half forward flank. That's, that's probably worse. Yeah, <laughs> they'll both they'll <laughs> probably, both be playing in the, the bench. <laughs> they'll both be playing in the forward pocket. They're both mighty mouse, um, small forward types. Um, Cahill's one hundred and seventeen k, and Waitman's one hundred and forty four k forward mids. But I, I'm not super interested in either of them, to be honest. Um, I'd be shocked if they score super well without kicking bags of goals. So. Um, yeah, I, I, the Bulldogs I think, have been a bit of a, a turnstile with rookies so far this year as well. Yeah, they have. I mean, I don't really trust. I mean, I don't even trust that. I'm looking at their listed team. I see Jack McRae on the wing, and it's making my blood boil. So I, I'm, I'm just getting upset having Bulldogs plays. Yet I keep trading them into my side. So I guess I'm to blame. But it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, look, the the coach can't be trusted and I don't think we can be trusted either. Um, <laughs> do you want to run us through the GWS game? On the GWS side, Ward is out injured. Haitley and Green were both omitted. Big blows oh. and in comes Cardwell, Taranto and Zach Langdon. So Taranto is finally back, which is huge boost for GWS. What an absolute talent, but... It's Tom Green's omission that made you go, ugh, um, as an owner. If you have him, I'm going to say it's probably time to trade given he's not even in the best 26 JV. The good news is, though, that um, we sort of we got we got over 100K out of him just, um, and those people who started him and traded him after the first couple of rounds can take a bit of a loss on that one. So he has been serviceable. He did have a 91 unfilled for us one week as well. Um, look, I hold a bit of hope because Callum Ward, I think, is a four- to six-week injury. And right now, Jai Colwell is who is holding Tom Green out of the side. Um, and Haley, I guess. A loss Brisbane. Um, Haley was omitted as well. but Yeah, but he's ahead. He's named as an emergency and, and Green isn't. Okay, well, I mean, who knows? They're going to have a scratch <laughs> match this week. So <laughs> I still hold hope that Tom Green can get a game in the next... Um, three or four weeks but having said that I think with the money that he's made he's a pretty safe trade out if you're uh, getting in a midfielder so 
um, not desperate to trade out, but also not desperate to hold either. Fair enough. Well, I would uh, ditch green faster than when I come home and take off my face mask. Um, yeah, you, the... did, you did that in week one, and how did that go for you? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I forgot I'm talking to something from Adelaide. You don't know the struggles we're going through. Um, on the Brisbane side, uh, we've got Lockie Neal. I mean, look, they've put DeBoer names directly on him. Um <laughs> That's ominous. Uh, I st- I still like to think that the board's going to go to McLuggage, luggage, but uh, I'm not I'm not feeling super. I'm not feeling as confident as I did on Monday. <laughs> uh, no, you shouldn't. Um, there, yeah. There's no chance. I don't think that they they go a full tag on McLuggage. and if they do, then we might see a bit of the uh, Geelong where uh, Tim Kelly and Patrick Dangerfield both got tagged under a hundred by De in one match, or it might be a bit of a halftime switch, which to whichever one's dominating. But I would go. I'd be very, very surprised if Lockie Neal went through this whole entire game without any any sort of attention whatsoever. So Stasovic uh, has a break even of ninety three. Um, uh-huh. I'm an owner. I know you've sold him at his peak value, and damn you for that because I am struggling <laughs> right now with him on my field. Um, look, he's he's not scoring well. Um, he's projected to lose thirteen k, and that's with a score of thirty one. But he's coming off back to back scores in the thirties. So. Potentially going to lose a lot more. Um, is he a critical trade out this week? Did you say with the projected score of thirty-one, but he's coming off a of back-to-back thirty, so he's going to lose more? No, sixty-four. Sorry, I meant to say. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Who knows um, what I said? <laughs> I mean, you definitely said thirty-one, but yeah, we can move on. Um, look, I I still think his role is good enough for him to have a good score or two um, in the next few weeks. So. Um, if he's not going to get dropped after the calamity that was last week, it's probably one of the worst games I've seen anyone play. Um, he, he even gave away goals directly, like 30 metres out directly in front, was just kicking them to the opposition as you know, willy-nilly. Um, but he still has the role. He scored 20 points in the first quarter of that game and then obviously 10 for the rest of the game, which is no good. <laughs> but uh, he can score points. And if you've got other people that are on your bench and not playing and... Uh, for example, if you've got any one of the midfielders, McInerney, Tyler Brown, uh, Tom Green, all these players that aren't playing, I would still prioritise them over Stasevich. I know he's going to lose a little bit of money, but it only takes one good score and he turns that right back around, which I think he's capable of. Yeah, I think I'm going to trade him, JB. I, <laughs> I just want to cash I, out. I honestly can't hold it against you for trading either, but I'm just saying if you've got bigger issues, if you're like, oh my gosh, like I, I really want to cover... You know, Williamson's an emergency this week. Uh, well, not an emergency. Sorry, he's, he's on the extended bench, which we'll get to later, with a bit of an ankle injury. Injury. Um, if you wanted to trade someone to to cover that and make sure you have cover, in, as opposed to training Stasovic out and having no cover in defence, then there's there's probably more merit in that to me. That is a good point. Um, man, I'm just going to go in with no backline defence in Williamson. It's going to be a scary round for myself. Um, Probably trading so you're, got, you're trading Stasevich yeah. and keeping with no zero guy. defensive cover. Yep. And you've got Williamson on field. Correct. Good luck. <laughs> I will need it. I'm going and yeah, I was going upgrading the short, but instead I'm going to just downgrade in other positions and we'll see what happens. Um, so that's going to be fun. I'm going to move on to the Swans versus Gold Coast game. The Swans have a couple of outs. McLean, Heaney, JPK, and Gray, and in, Alir Alir, uh, Sinclair, Tom McCartan, and debutante Elijah Taylor. 
Um, another forward mid, 117K rookie. Look, I'm looking at the emergencies to the Swan side. We've got Bell, Lewis, Taylor, Sam Gray, and McInerney, and I don't like the job security of any of the rookies. I mean, Chad Werner got another name, um, and he did not play very well, so I guess good on him, but um, I don't think he's a super viable option, and Dylan Stevens played super well and didn't score that well and is expensive, so I'm not super keen on him either. Um, JB, do do any of those Swans rookies kind of tickle your fancy? No, I I think Horse is as bad as um, Beverage in the fact that we're going to have a bit of a turnstile. Um, rookies coming in, rookies going out, rookies playing in different positions. Um, the the fact that they have so many high profile injuries and McInerney isn't playing is. Um, enough that I need to see in regards to other Sydney rookies that McInerney was playing decently, uh, got dropped. They've even you know omitted two players, and McInerney's still not one of four players coming in for four players that are pretty much like or three players that are like-minded. So um, it's pretty insane to me, and it just it scares me off of Sydney rookies just like it does Bulldogs rookies. You're really rubbing it in that I can't pronounce his name properly by naming him four times in two sentences. Um, on the, I, don't on know, the, I don't know where McInerney comes from. I don't, I, anyway, on the, on the Gold Coast side, Will Powell comes in and out goes Braden Fiorini. Um, look, Ooh, Greenwood is just an absolute machine right now. Um, he's playing in the centre. Raul out has seemingly helped his scoring because he's been just huge form and against Swans I expect you know without JPK <laughs> I, I expect Greenwood to go really well again is he a potential trade-in option for let's say you had Fife and you're looking for a cheaper option and you're you're looking around the 500k mark you've got Elliot Yo there would you consider getting someone like Greenwood instead absolutely he'd probably be one of my top targets Greenwood and I don't. I mean, I don't know if this is a bold prediction, but I'd be surprised if from this week on, he's not in the top two forwards in average from throughout from pretty much from now through the rest of the season. Um, without Rao taking a lot of those contested possessions, um, he's pretty much got free reign. He's their best tackler, their best contested ball. He's um, essentially just able to do whatever he wants in there. And he's got no competition to do so. So I'll be very surprised if he didn't continue to pump out the 110-plus scores. And he's just an incredible option. So if you have room in your forward line, which I understand a lot of people do not, um, then he would definitely be my top option. We argued about Simpkin versus Greenwood in round two. We got, got into quite a big discussion. And one of us is going to lose <laughs> that, that argument and have chose Simkin Greenwood in round two. One of us is going to have chosen the worst I pick. And you paid an extra 100k. Yeah, 80k. But and also, Simpkin's averaging more. But... So far. But I'm saying at the end of the season, we're going to probably have picked two of the top four or three mid forwards and we'll have lost the argument. So that will be interesting. Um, take <laughs> us through the Richmond North game. Oh, am I allowed to have a game now? You went two in a row there. I figured yeah, you were no. just running through the rest of I'm them. I'm taking control. Uh, <laughs> no ins or outs for Richmond, which is good for uh, those with Pickett. And Arts. Uh, for North and Arts, yes. But, I mean, he wasn't very good. But Pickett's, you know, was pretty good. Um, for North Melbourne, Aiden Bonner, Jack Zeeble and Mason would come back into the side for an injured Paula Hearn, Taron Thomas, and an omitted Tom Campbell. So, 
Uh, not a lot of relevancy here. Um, you could maybe say that another contested ball comes into affect Simkin's scoring, but I just don't see it that way. I think he's just too good. I wouldn't have any issues if you already had Greenwood and didn't have Simkin if you traded Fife to Simkin either. So, um, yeah, I think this game's going to be a good one as well for our Supercoach sides. I'm hoping, I'm praying for a four-quarter effort from Pickett. That's that's all I want. He, he plays like maybe two good quarters, um, potentially one every match and, and then scores really well and then the rest of the it's game It's not even one or anything. two good quarters. It's like eight good minutes in a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the game is all just all of like... his points in that short period of time. <laughs> he genuinely does. So it's we, unbelievable. we've discussed short a little bit. Um, talk to me about him. He's 440k. So he's just like far cheaper than any other defensive option um, and particularly he's at, you know eighth highest total point scoring defender this year. Um, is he a legitimate option? Uh, defense is so bad, and Hooli's not looking to play in the immediate future, so yes, he's definitely an option. I, I just, I don't know what it is about Short, but I don't have, I don't have a lot of faith. I'm not, I'm not super trusting that he'll be a, a premium top six option. I mean, he's had two tons and, and four sub-tons thus far, and I know uh, some of them are in different conditions. Obviously, Hooli playing in the side is definitely a different dynamic for him but I just I don't have the faith that he can he can top six defense it for the for the rest of the season um but the value if he's top eight he's almost good enough and if you're if you've made a couple of bad decisions so far if you're, you paid up for Simpkin and Ridley when others got him well cheaper maybe you are looking for the value and in that case I, I completely understand the pick but I, I just can't justify him in my own side Look, at the end of the day, you need to finish your side. And if he allows you to do that at 440k, you know, it's no complaints from me. We need to take some value picks at some point. And if you want it's to use that... It's a pretty good worst case scenario for sure. Yeah. If, yeah, if you want to take that value pick in the, the you know defensive line instead of the midfield or instead of the forward line, then I have no problems whatsoever That's that pick, JB. Excellent. So uh, considering you took two in a row, I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> The next is the first of the couple of Sunday matches that we have. It's Carlton versus Port Adelaide. Callum Moore, Matthew Cottrell, Sam Philp, and Zach Fisher all named as the ins. Is no outs so far for Carlton. Port Adelaide, we've got the outs of Ebert and Sutcliffe, uh, one injured and one suspended. Now, the ins is a, is a decent list, and I'm, I'm, I know you're going to ask me who's going to be in the extended bench. So I will. I'll get him before you. So... We got uh, Mitch Georgiadis, um, Peter Laddams, Riley Bonnet. That was correct, by the way, Pistol. Georgiadis. Okay. Um, okay. Look, honestly. Now <laughs> you're done. It's the sheer panic. Me. It's the panic when you have to say it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Hayes, Tom Rocklet, and Xavier Days Dozma. Oh my god. Dozma. <laughs> oh I've gotten gosh. them all wrong. I'm a Port fan, and I've, I've incorrectly <laughs> pronounced them all. Uh, so the extended bench is those guys uh, that are in, as well as Westhoff and Motlop, who you, you would expect would be named. Uh, we need another two players from that list of ins um, to be named. I think Dersmer is an absolute walk-up. Uh, I don't think there's any issue there. He comes in for Sutcliffe. Now, Ebert replacement is an interesting one. It can go one of two ways, in my opinion. I don't think Adams will play. I don't think Bonner or Sam Mays will play. I think it's between Tom Rockliffe and uh, Mitch Georgiadis. So 
the thought process here is that if Tom Rockliffe comes in, I expect Gray and Rosie uh, to play more forward than they have so far, which I don't think is a good dynamic for our team. If Georgie Dardis comes in, then I expect Gray and Rosie to play more midfield than what they have so far this year, which I actually do think is a good dynamic for our, our team. So against Carlton, I actually think uh, Mitch is the one to replace Brad Ebert just for the, the two week suspension or one week suspension it is. So well, um, could he I'm hold betting his on GI. Could he hold his spot over someone like Todd Marshall? That's the next thing. So Marshall, uh, he's been playing a bit of a forward tagging role and it's resulted in you know less bags of goals but more doing the team thing. So I I still expect he'll have to perform, Todd Marshall that is, but it's pretty much going to come down to the, the Mitch versus Todd battle and I think if, if Mitch gets on a bag of goals then... Um, he could definitely see himself hold his spot over Todd, but he does need to perform. It's not going to be um, now that he's in this week and you know he kicked one goal and Todd kicked one goal, then he's going to keep his spot over him. He needs to outperform Todd Marshall mm. and kick him out of that side. Well, I've held Mitch Gatorade all season, so I'm really hoping so he puts in a big performance because <laughs> that's 78 still in his rolling average. So, you know, he, he's yep. a genuine money maker at this point. So, fingers crossed for him. Um, do you want to try and work out who you think is going to be on the Carlton bench? Um, you just pick four names. You can almost throw them at the dartboard. Uh, so Cunningham, Murphy, Williamson, and Matt Kennedy. I don't think they'll have any outs. Yeah, nor do I. But Williamson... They, they played, they've played well in the last uh, three weeks. Surely Williamson's touch and go with his knocks um, and we'll his injury history. Yeah, but yeah. he's a potential laid out. He's probably the biggest potential laid out of the round. Oh, sorry, no, there's a bigger one next game. Okay, well, I'm going to take us through that one. Uh, Hawthorne versus Melbourne. Out on the Hawks side, Patton goes out. In is Minchington, Harry Jones, Scrimshaw, Mitch Lewis, and Sean Burgoyne. Sean Burgoyne straight onto the field. Uh, this this is a little bit of a lineup nightmare on the Hawthorne side because Will Day, a defender, has been named on the half-forward flank, which means he's likely to remain in the side because it's not on the um, extended interchange. But it, that's not his position, JB. And if he plays it, he's <laughs> probably not going to score well. So <laughs> yes, correct. this is um, interesting. Be scared. If anyone's backing him in over McPherson, then all you needed to see was that Scrimshaw was back soon. Um, if it's not this week, they rate him really highly. So it's probably the first week that day isn't. Um, at his best and you know that could be in one week two weeks three weeks but I'm not willing to make that bet yeah look that's that's gets me extremely nervous I I'm confused that there was an article that Segler broke his toe and played through it and then he still got named this week so I, I yeah, so don't scans understand why. That it, was a, <laughs> it was a crack in his toe not as bad as a break then he went from being out to touch and go. And now, although he's named, he is the biggest layout risk of the round and he could easily, easily not make it up for that game. I think we're going to have to talk about him because so many people are asking on Twitter and in our Slack. If you're a Segler owner coming off two terrible scores, coming off a very high break even, what do you do with him? Happy to trade. Um reluctantly would hold if I had 
bigger, bigger problems elsewhere, like covering donuts or making sure I've got cover on, you know, for a Williamson or a Crips potential layout or whatever it might be. So um, those are priorities to make sure that you don't get a zero anywhere. But otherwise, if you've avoided the carnage so far with Fife, um, I'm quite happy to actually go down to Rankin. I, I think you probably find that they score close enough to each other anyway. Um, and then next week you can you can do a, a pretty good upgrade or this week you could spend the money and do a pretty good upgrade. So it depends what your plans are in, in terms of double down or double up or one up, one down. But um, I think Segler's definitely on, on my chopping block. In a normal 22-round season, I would actually recommend holding Segler. Um, I think that at the end of the day, you'd push him to an F7 situation and he'd provide that ruck cover and I'd feel quite strongly about holding him. However, in a reduced season, but it's, it's not actually the reduced season I have a problem with. It's the limited cash generation. You know, these rookies changing price after two weeks and we're getting more rookies that get dropped because we have less data and information about the solidity that they have for their position, their side. And then on top of that, we're buying rookies after they've already raised in price that's making us less money too so because of the issue with cash generation um i feel like holding him and him losing all value is not super great uh trading him to bailey smith (laughs) (laughs) yeah trading him for bailey smith seems like a pretty big win trading him to rankin when they can score similarly (laughs) seems also like a little bit of a win particularly if it's buying you max gone um who's not dropping in price anytime soon and this round, there are like a severe, there's a severe problem with captaincy options, and he's far and away the best captaincy option. Um, yeah, I think captaincy is going to be an interesting choice if you don't own Max Gorn on this side. Um, talking of Max Gorn, on the Melbourne side, out goes Tom McDonald with that eye injury. In comes um, Tomlinson, Neil Bullen, Joel Smith, Luke Jackson, Nathan Jones, um, you know, on the bench. Unfortunately, Rivers is just disappeared entirely now, JB. Um, not looking good for owners. Uh, and I don't uh, I don't exactly understand it either. I don't think he's been bad. Um, I don't think he's been detrimental to the team. He's had a couple of bad last quarters and, and gone backwards super coach ranking points-wise, but he's still presented well on the day. Unless Simon Goodwin's a, a super coach player and maybe left him on field for a few weeks too many, then... I have no idea why he's persisting with an anti-Rivers lineup. Um, I think he's good. I, I genuinely do think he's a good player and, and adds a lot to their team. So I expect we see him back sooner rather than later. But um, I always, <laughs> I always pretty much ignore my expectations when it comes to Goodwin. <laughs> I think the problem is Hibbard and Lockhart have both been playing decently. Um, I've been. I guess quite surprised with how Hibbard's returned after being dropped earlier in the season. He's been quite good, so um, they're holding their spots and they're just doing better at it than than Rivers did. Rivers was fine, but they're actively playing well. So you know, if Melbourne start dropping a couple of games, they'll be swinging the axe um, around their backline anyway. So I expect we'll see him again, um, and he hasn't made enough money for us to really trade him out either. So we kind of have to hold. It is good to see Benel names again. Um, hopefully he can get more of a run in the midfield. Um, he seemingly was like around the ball, but never looks like he like actively wanted to get the ball. Like 
he would be there and he'd be running alongside the runner and usually they call for the handball to do like a one-two or something <laughs> but was like you know i'm just gonna shepherd everyone <laughs> it's like i don't actually want the ball um the good thing is he's doing the team thing by the looks of it and that'll keep him in the side more than you know 20 possessions and two goals will because goodwin's just not a very good coach <laughs> Oof. all right harsh but yeah fair enough um all right do you want to take us through the next game Last game uh, that has been listed so far, obviously we're still waiting on Adelaide versus St Kilda's uh, ins and outs, but for Fremantle we've got in uh, Matera, Brennan Cox, Connor Blakely, Lloyd Meek, Michael Frederick, and the what probably the best AFL meme that I've seen in the history of AFL memes, and that's Tobe Watson. And out goes Hayden Young and Nat Fife, who's obviously uh, re-aggravated or... Um, made a, made himself a new hamstring injury. I think it's a different or lower um, hamstring strain than what the first one was, which is interesting. And then for West Coast, we have in uh, Josh Rotham, Luke Shuey, Nathan Vardy, and Xavier O'Neill. So um, do you remember the Tobe Watson meme? Uh, yeah, that was one of my favorite memes ever. <laughs> How you know, Jove had the year out of the game and then they, uh, they put a little fake mustache and glasses on him and said, and now, if Fremantle have drafted Toe Watson, <laughs> brand new recruit. I, I honestly, I laugh when I think about it. Um, so Hayden Young and Nat Fife out for Fremantle confirmed. I'm going to get you to name me the ins uh, for this one over the extended bench there. Ooh, okay, changing it up. Maybe Don't like that. Game. <laughs> um, well, Hayden Young um, is out, so. Maybe Dooman comes back in to the side. He's kind of in and out. Um, well, I mean, Cox has gone straight back in onto the field, but I feel like they might take another defender given their defensive woes um, and West Coast's talls. I'm just thinking of the... I'm looking at the West Coast lineup and there's a lot of height. And I look at the Fremantle's back line and there's not a lot of height. So... Um, oh, they're pretty shot down there. Yeah, I, I think... I doubt Tobe plays, but one of the talls will play... I'd be shocked if they didn't. Um, Sarong probably is named again. Um, I'm not. I'm not really sure they're fair to him though. I'm just kind of going, changing the question um, while I bide my time. I, I now but understand he, why you get me to do this. <laughs> look, Sarong had like fifty, just over fifty percent time on ground again. Like they don't, they pick him in the side and then they don't play him on field. It's like it feels there a bit There unfair. must be something there that the club knows that we don't. There must be either a fitness issue or maybe he had some sort of injuries in the preseason that they're just trying to, you know, ease him into the game. They're not in any rush for their players to play 100% game time. It's not like they're, you know, fighting for a top eight spot at the moment. Yeah. Which, I is, don't know. which begs the question why did they play five last week? But Yeah, there's, there's just too many question marks. Um, I'm going to go with my other spots. Maybe. I think. I feel like we'd here if Frederick were to debut but I think that he'd be one to watch if he does um, I know in the preseason he was in my first draft on my side um, oof this is hard maybe Banfield again Not I'm not loving my selections here to be honest with you I, f- <laughs> I feel like the West Coast will be much easier to name oh you want me to do that Go as well then. okay um, <laughs> so Rotham um, won't come in Shuey will come in <laughs> Should we welcome him? Why are you laughing, Vardy? I, I think Vardy... Should already named on field, so it's a genius pick there. Yeah, look, I've nailed that one. Um, <laughs> Waterman was really poor. Um, I think if Brandle was named, he would come in um, for Waterman, and they would just play with a little bit less height up forward. 
Oscar Allen's definitely going to be named, and he's on the um, extended interchange. You're never doing this again. Oh, yeah, look, Cam- <laughs> You're Cameron about will Brandel's play name, Oscar, Oscar for this guy. Angela, yeah, because my way my brain's working, I'm like, okay, how how would my rookies <laughs> play on the field? Um, yeah, I Waterman. Uh, I, I think it's going to be Nelson. I think they're going to drop Waterman. Let, let's so Nelson, Allen, uh, Cameron, and uh, Ainsworth probably for me. There, oh, I answered it for you. Are you happy? <laughs> no, actually, yeah, I am. I'm very happy. Oh, that was too much fun. We're going to get you to do that every week now. So, oh, dear. All right, thank, thank you for that. Um, I appreciate appreciate hearing the ins and outs there in advance. So, everyone, lock those into your uh, oh, record. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what what is there to discuss now? Captaincies. Um, post, post-production ca- captaincy options. So... The three standout picks that we've had throughout the season so far, obviously Grundy, Gorn, and Neil. For anyone that has Goldstein, obviously him replacing either one of the other two Ruckman that I named. Um, Neil looks to be, in my opinion, at least run with for one to two quarters with De Boer, um, which I think severely limits his ability to go 130+. plus. So if you're looking for a score that could potentially still be in the 120s, then maybe locking Neil's the way, but... The problem is, if, if Grundy fails tonight, then you, you're looking at someone to captain straight up, and I wouldn't captain Neil in case he's got an entire game of uh, De Boer. I think if you've got Grundy and Gorn, that's the most obvious vice-captains into captaincy that you could possibly have for the round. But I want to know from you, Pistol, if Grundy fails tonight, which uh, hopefully he doesn't, who do those without Gorn go for? I'd lean towards McRae. Um, I said that on Fox Sport News, Wednesday at 15 a.m. Wow, <laughs> you've got flex. you've got three 130 plus scores in his last five back to back 130 pluses against Dons. They don't have Dylan Shield. Um, I think that McRae can take advantage of that and feast. Bit of return to form as well um, last week with 138. So McRae for me, if you don't have McRae as well, gee, you're running. This is why I said. Um, Gorn was so important because you're running out of options fast. Maybe even a Hugh Greenwood against Sydney this week, JB. I think. Um, In that case, I would recommend Jai Simpkin. <laughs> oh, this is this battle's going to go on all season. The new the new <laughs> Zarek versus uh, Neil debate. It's going to be Simpkin yes. versus Greenwood for the future. <laughs> yes, hopefully this one isn't as one sided as the the last one. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm going to okay. throw you one more question because that that's a short. Short one and done there for the captaincies. Nat right. Fife owners, trade or hold? I think in a shortened season like we're in, I, I, I just think it's too much money to try and carry um, for however many weeks. And even if you're just holding for this week, I still think you need to maximize the... I, I, I heard this random podcast during the week talking about the maths of Supercoach and um, it's got in my head about not having large amounts of money just sitting there on my bench not doing anything especially if they're confirmed out for um, at least two to three weeks. So I know I'm going to be trading them eventually. I would rather cash Fife in and get a premium midfielder and then uh, focus on getting either Rankin or Simpson, whichever one you've um, not already got in your team, if you went early on one, or Rankin if you didn't go early on one. Um, and then just unfortunately miss out on another cash cow, and it looks like some of them are going to be decent from this round. But um maximizing those points in a shortened season it's going to be hard to make up whatever points you decide to miss this week if you go um a double down or if you bench five or um go five all the way down or whatever 
whatever ideas you might have right now. I'm genuinely surprised that you listen to my patron-only podcast <laughs> on Supercoach I Maths. listen to everything. I appreciate it. With you, Pistol. For those wanting to uh, jump on board, I, I did or I did start a patron series. Um, the first episode was about expected values, so taking a little bit of um, a mathematical look at Supercoach and decision-making. Um, speaking of our patron, JB, we had a couple of sign-ups this week. Um, I'm going to take through unless you uh, have... Unless you want to. <laughs> no, you know no, how, all yours, right? You, you know how good I am with uh, names, so... Very, very good from what okay. I've heard. Anyway, so this, I should be able to get through these ones this week. So a big thank you to uh, Nathan O'Connor. I um, appreciate you signing good, up. And, good, and good also start. Jai Lumsden um, jumping straight Ugh, into Slack know. with a broken leg picture of, broken knee picture of how, which um, riled the boys up a little bit um, and ladies. So thank you for getting on board and getting a profile picture and joining the conversation straight away. Um, looking forward to it. And JB, I'm going to quickly jump into the Cancer Council because there were a couple Donate for Donuts and some Cancer Council bets that were paid out this week. Um, so a big thank you to Joel Deal and Brander and Noble last week as Rivers was dropped is the comment. So donation for donuts. So again, anybody, if this week, if Williamson is a late out and you do cop a donut, which will most likely be me, um, please get around <laughs> the donation, the donating for donuts. We'll pop the link up um, in the comments of this podcast on the Facebook page and on the Twitter. Um, there's probably going to be donations <laughs> coming up in this uh, sh- with all these buys as well. So definitely, hopefully we can raise some money for the Cancer Council. And lastly, we have a donation from Joe Mastica, who's, who's donating for Fife's hamstring. Good night, sweet prince. Um, so that was Joe. <laughs> Joe said he guaranteed... In chat, guaranteed Fife would play this week. Um, and he was wrong. So he's paid up, and I appreciate that. Ah, oh, Joe. Uh, I've got nothing to say to that. It's, yeah, okay. You've, you've obviously disappointed everyone, but that's fine. Um, all right, well, that'll wrap up the podcast. Right in time for you to watch the footy and uh, hopefully watch Collingwood get a win there for you, mate. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, and I hope the community found this uh, productive chat. I think... We've got a very, very big chat to come on Monday next week when we know more about the buys and the condensed rounds that we're going to be facing. But for now, good luck this week, everyone. Good night, sweet prince.